Good morning and welcome to The Secret Behind Our Success. I am Rebecca Rausch, your host and head lizard at Neon Lizard Creative Marketing and Design, where we build foundational brands with social impact. Find us on the web at neonlizardcreative.com. Thanks so much for listening. Good morning. Welcome to The Story Behind Our Success. I'm Rebecca Rausch your host and head lizard. And today I'm feeling a little bit awkward. This is a subject I know nothing about. And I am so intrigued about what we're about to learn. The gentleman I am going to introduce has been an industry leader in the autism field for over a decade. (laughs) He strongly believes that providers should pay be paid for outcomes, not the procedures. He created Ascend Behavior Partners, which leads the market for accessible, value-based autism care, and then created Element RCM to help the providers, as well as the families in need, to make sure they get the best care at the highest quality possible for their autistic child. Tell us more. Did I get that right? Rebecca, you nailed it. Yes. And, you know, I've been in the field for, for about 10 years and I'm the co-CEO of both Ascend Behavior Partners. So we uh, provide in-home behavioral health treatment services for uh, kids with autism. Um, and then um, you hit it on the head that, you know, we started Element um, because we saw all the struggles that we went through in billing for services and these complicated insurance and Medicaid and, um, uh, and other things that we wanted to make sure that we could help the thousands of other autism service providers out there with what we learned. Now, do you have an autistic child? No, I do not. Um, I, and it's, it, it's interesting the way I, I almost sort of fell into the field about 10 years ago. I, um, I had a chance to uh, join an organization, um, and, um, and I had heard of autism before it was, it was someone I had worked with in a previous life. I had heard of autism before, but didn't know anything about applied behavior analysis for the treatment. And so I, I was watching up on it and, and, and saw a webinar that our chief clinical officer, um, put on. And I learned Rebecca that you could change someone's behavior simply by reshaping their environment. And I was like, my mind was blown. I don't know if you see the movie, <laughs> The Matrix, you know, when Keanu yeah. Reeves takes the red pill and his eyes are open, he can no, never go back. And I swear, Rebecca, <laughs> at that point, I was like, I'm hooked. This is where I want to spend the rest of my career oh, wow. um, doing meaningful things for families living with autism. Now, since so many of us are not really all that familiar with autism, because, you know, we've, we've been, we've taken life for granted and, you know, the day-to-day interactions with our kids, we don't think about how it would be if it was different. Um, can you explain to us what autism looks like, what the experience is like for the families, and maybe even uh, share a story of a child that made progress? And, and what was that like for you as the helper? So autism is um, uh, represents neurodiversity and is a developmental disability. And it's, you know, the main symptoms, you might call them that you'd see a kiddo have is you know, um, repetitive behavior. Um, maybe it's hard. Uh, social skills are harder don't make eye contact, communication can be more challenging. Um, and, um, and so, it, but fortunately there are evidence-based interventions um, that can totally change the trajectory of a, a child's life. Um, and so we work with young children um, and um, I'll share one of the kiddos we work with was, um, was elementary school age. She was nine, you know, she had very limited words um, and, so we've been working with her for six months just to develop functional communication. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, and I'll never forget one of our clinicians was working with her one day 
Um, and her mom came in um, after work and um, this little girl turned to her mom and said, I love you Aww. for the first time ever. Um, wow. You can imagine what mom that mom just bawled her brains out. There wasn't a dry eye in the house, Rebecca. And it just oh, reminds me, goodness. You know, we wake up every morning and we're so fortunate to get to serve children with autism and their families. Now, is this considered the ABA therapy, the autism behavior? What does so that applied, mean? Yeah, ABA therapy, um, applied behavior analysis therapy. Uh, mm-hmm. It's actually, it's a therapy that's been around for, oh gosh, 50 plus years. Um, and it's really been in the last 10 to 15 years uh, that uh, insurance companies and Medicaid have been required to pay for this, what's considered the gold standard of autism treatment um, mm-hmm. endorsed by the U.S. Surgeon General. Um, and it's a, um, it literally, it changes lives. And, um, you know, some of the kiddos we work with, we might start as young as 18 months old after they get an autism diagnosis. Um, and over those next couple of years, um, we are helping them develop functional communication skills, interact with peers and their parents, um, the basics of asking for what they want, things we take to, for granted um, mm-hmm. with neurotypical kiddos. Um, and so it's powerful. That's amazing. I mean, I read something about even at 12 months old and it's how in the world, it just seems crazy to me that you can recognize it at that age. But I know that you guys are, are very highly trained. How, what does one have to do to get into this field? Uh, so to diagnose, um, it is true. Some of the latest research right now, the, the generally accepted diagnostic age is around 18 months old. And that's because that's when you see a lot of the, um, uh, uh, you know, um, uh, vocalizations and language start to develop. And so absent that, um, you know, there's, there's a variety of assessments that can be done, but there's research that's saying you can go as young as 12 months old. And even the latest research is saying as young as six months old. No. Yes. True story. I'm not kidding. So, and I, I was very fortunate to see some of this research where they put a six month old into a, it looks like a car seat. And then there's an, um, this little machine that just tracks eye movement. And it shows a picture of like a classroom and different things happening in the classroom. And this machine tracks where that kiddo's eyes are going. And so when you see picture of a parent smiling and engaging, you know, a typically developing kiddo is going to be making eye contact, smiling back. A kiddo with autism is going to be looking at everything else, but the parents. So anyway, there's, there's a lot of research that's, that's coming out. Go ahead. Oh, you just say to get into the field, to diagnose, to officially diagnose autism, you need to be a psychologist. So we actually have a small team of of psychologists um, Mm -hmm. across the States that we work in. Um, And then to deliver ABA therapy, um, you know, it's uh, uh, master's level clinicians called board certified behavior analysts, and they oversee um, behavior technicians that are actually in families' homes up to 30 to 40 hours a week. This is really intensive treatment where we're getting the, the parents involved and generalizing skills with them uh, and a lot more. That's amazing. So that's not a six month deal. You've got to really be a Sherlock Holmes to, to see behind the eyes, to see behind the screen and what's going to help that kid get better. That's amazing. Now. Now, what if, what if you don't live near the big city? What if there's not a center or you're not able to come to my house? What, what can we do if we think our kid might have an issue? Yeah, that's, it's, it's, um, there are a couple things, um, but the reality right now is there, um, there is just so much need. One in 54 kiddos do get diagnosed with autism. Um, the most what was that number? One in 54. One in 54? One in 54. In fact, are the only ones that are diagnosed. That are 
That's that, right. And one in 42 crazy. boys. Well, well, sorry, the, the incidence is one in 54 per the CDC and it's one in 42 boys. So this is something that's really gotten that's on, on our community's radars. The, the most important place to start for parents um, uh, is with their pediatrician if they suspect concerns. Um, and we like to say, don't wait ask questions, go to your pediatrician. There are some basic screening tools. You can even go online, um, something called the M chat, um, where you can just see, it's not a diagnostic tool, but it's, you know, a handful of questions you can, um, that'll say, huh, maybe, maybe follow up the specialist to, to chat more. Uh, the pediatrician is a great place to start and then guide, um, help to guide a parent from there. Well, so you talk about getting paid for uh, value, not hours. So it's not something that's going to be the same amount of time for each kid, correct? So that's why one of the reasons it was so important to do the elementary, correct? To make sure that you didn't run out of hours when you haven't had a result for your child. Is that kind of? That's right. Yeah. And I, I, I won't, okay. I won't yeah, get into get too it. much inside baseball on this, but you know, um, one of the things that um, makes our healthcare system so expensive um, is just this idea that, hey, for every procedure I bill or every hour I bill, um, I'm going to get paid for that. And we have such strong convictions and a sentiment element that providers should be based for like, what's the value that you're delivering to the patient? Are you helping a kiddo say, I love you, right, to their mm-hmm. parents? What's the value they're delivering? And so anyhow, that, um, that in addition to this very complicated world of uh, commercial insurance companies and uh, Medicaid and managed Medicaid and all these mm-hmm. different plans, Fortunate. The good news is, Rebecca, that all of these services are paid for, um, you know, through generally um, virtually all are paid through for insurance. The challenge is it can be really, really hard for an ADA provider to actually collect money and bill out and um, uh, and, and and make sure that cash is coming in the door. And there's a lot of work that has to happen, you know, before that billing happens. Um, and so it's not the you know, I, I would describe it's not the sexiest work in the world, but it's <laughs> most critically important, right? To make sure you can keep, um, um, uh, you know, keep running your business. So it's just perspective that there's there almost 6,000 ABA providers across the U.S. The vast majority um, uh, are sort of just single um, board certified behavior analysts who started a company. Maybe they have a handful of staff and, um, you know, we're not taught these kinds of skills um, and it's, they're certainly not being taught in, um, you know, in uh, ABA master's programs. And so, um, I don't know, it feels important to me, to our team, to make mm-hmm. the world a better place and pay it forward. By I love that. that we've learned. I love that. That's, that's, I'm so into that. <laughs> I think everybody should uh, look at their business as a leadership platform to make the world a better place by the time they leave it. So um, I, I think that is, it's so beautiful what you're doing and how you're helping. Um if you were to say that there's like a, the biggest challenge in the industry is can, is there a single biggest challenge or do you feel like you've covered that? Uh, so I think the, the biggest challenge is, is probably making sure that um, providers are getting paid <laughs> for the high quality services that they're, they're providing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say another big challenge is, is um, you know, ensuring that um, parents deserve to understand why is why is this provider right for my my child or why is this provider better than another provider 
It's the same way that, you know, as parents, we might choose a dentist or a pediatrician. Um, and one of the things in our field, right, because our field um, has not, the autism field has not yet moved toward value-based care. It can be hard for parents to differentiate. We just believe parents deserve much more. And it's why I'm such a fierce advocate for um, our ABA providers demonstrating those outcomes and helping them think about, I mean, this is hard stuff, right? How do you, it's yeah. one thing if you're looking at like physical health and you can measure hospital readmission right. rates, right? It's super yeah. hard for like behavioral health, mental health. It's, it's Sherlock um, Holmes. So it is, yeah, it's, exactly. It's like Sherlock Holmes and it's like, hey, we, we can all afford it. We can you gotta all get like all the evidence together. Let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's, let's be like Newton, Isaac Newton said. And, you know, can we be the, the shoulders upon which, um, you know, oh. others can stand to help the field? That's in my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Hey, here's Rebecca. I love it. Yeah, we seem to be pretty uh, connected here. Now, here's a question. You do home-based care, correct? You send therapists to their house. That's right. Okay. Why not clinic? Oh, so that's that's an important question. And I think the question that we encourage families um, to ask and ABA providers to ask is less around, um, you know, should you seek home versus clinic-based care? Mm -hmm. And more, what is the right location for your child where they will be most successful and where it's the lowest barriers for you to be able to access services. That's the right question. And so there are differences in, in both. Um, in, in, in home-based care, what we found is it's the child's natural environment, right? You teach them mm-hmm. to talk, you teach them to you know, play with toys, to interact with others, and they're going to put those skills into immediate use in the environment that they're used to. Uh, we also have great access to parents for parent training um, because it is so if we're if we're doing a good job, Rebecca, we're working ourselves out of a job. Um, so, so those are some of the benefits of based care. Now, <laughs> clinic based care, uh, to be clear, I mean, it's um, it's it's really important um, that for some kiddos, you know, especially maybe they're challenging behaviors um, that um, that they are self injurious behaviors and you need a much more controlled environment in which mm-hmm. to teach them. Um, and clinics can be terrific for that. Now, now that you mentioned that, I mean, how do you manage safety concerns? I mean, even in, in their own home, you know, a kid could go a little wild or somebody could be accused of something. I mean, how that, that's got to be a pretty scary thing as a therapist going into a home. That's I'm compl- sure you have protocol, correct? Absolutely. So compliance is another one of those huge challenges that ABA providers might not understand, hey, how do I, you know, um, mm-hmm. make sense of right from left? And so, uh, again, another huge reason we started Element to help with those. And compliance ranges everything from the actual safety of a kiddo, which I'll come back to in a moment, to how do I, how am I compliant from a Medicaid um, payer versus an insurance payer versus someone else to, I mean, there's all legal and other regulatory requirements, accreditation body requirements. Uh, in terms of the home, there's a ton of training. So we do at, at a minimum 40 hours of training um, and we're already hiring people who have experience um, working with kiddos, but we're doing 40 hours of training around those kinds of things specifically. There's very specific protocols. We also bring into the home uh, video cameras. Um, so our therapists you know, carry tablets, iPads, um, and where we, our clinicians can actually remote in and observe session and provide feedback and prompts um, as needed. Um, and so that those Brilliant. are just a handful of the ways that we're using technology uh, to make sure that our families and kiddos experience the best. That's that's brilliant. I wouldn't have thought to do that, but yeah, that's a that's a brilliant idea. Um, now, do you have like a set um, 
series of goals for each child? If it, you know, once you do this, we do this. And once you do that, we do this, or is it customized to each child? It's absolutely customized to every kiddo. Yeah. There's no, I mean, no two kiddos are alike, right? No two people, human beings are alike, um, which is why it's so important that, you know, before any treatment is done, there's a detailed treatment plan that's put in place. It's actually observing um, the the kiddo in their environment and understanding um, uh, what kinds of, uh, you know, skill deficits they might have or challenging behaviors they might have. And then really importantly, Rebecca, um, it's, it's, just having conversations with the family to understand what they're hoping for. One of the things that we found is one of the biggest predictors of success in ABA in our field, but honestly, I think this is across the entire medical field, is what is the quality of the therapeutic relationship with the family or with the patient? Um, and when you've developed that trust and rapport and um, there's transparency about what you're doing and what you're teaching. And here's exactly what we want to achieve over the coming months and acknowledging hard things as they come up, um, showing progress ongoing. That's the secret sauce of building authentic relationships with our family. And that's, that, that's the recipe we believe for, for success. I, be- I believe that too. I think I can hear the empathy in your voice. Your heart is obviously just so so large and so giving, and it, it just comes through and everything about you. I think it's, it's beautiful. Um, now, you know, you've, you've seen my videos, so I'm going to ask you, what's your mantra? And if you don't answer this one, I'll be surprised. Yeah. Go ahead. I think I know what it is. Uh, I, my mantra is put kindness out into the world. I, um, if I can share, you know, I am, I, I'm actually, I'm not a clinician. I'm not nearly smart enough to be. Um, but I, uh, you know, I, um, I, I started off, um, you know, in the corporate world, I still call myself a recovering management consultant <laughs> and, um, and I, I, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> I, I need it. Um, um, I did that for a couple of years. I was in Silicon Valley for a few years and wow. honestly, Rebecca, I, um, you know, I woke up one morning and I said, um, I don't want to sell more supply chain software. That's not what I was put on the world to do. Uh, and I actually, I took a sabbatical and I moved to Tanzania. Um, where I was a volunteer business advisor. Yeah. And um, I worked with families who had lost their breadwinner to AIDS and were looking to restart their business. And, you know, I was only there for six months, but it was the most transformative experience of my life. I mean, both like, if you could imagine the highest highs and the lowest lows. And, Mm -hmm. um, and what I learned, um, you know, when I got there was like, Oh, I'm the the big business person. That's ready. Like, Hey, I'm going to (laughs) go save Africa. Right. And it's like, Oh, I mean, good intentions, but I just like, I thought I had all the answers. You know what I learned, Rebecca? I don't have any of the answers. The families that I worked with, they had all the answers. My job was to walk with them on their journey. It was, this this was 2004, you know, 17 years ago. And um, I, you know, when I came back, I said, life is too short and the rest of my life will be spent doing all I can to make the world a better place. That's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Now, I was going to argue with you, but I think you beat it. <laughs> I was reading where you had a story of your little girls or mm-hmm. little girl. How many kids you got? I have three yeah. kids, a boy and three. two girls. Yeah. Okay. And you were at a store and something was said and the little girl looked at you and she said, no, daddy, you say, <laughs> never say I can't do it. Say, I can't do it yet. Say, I can't, I can't do it yet. And and she actually, my, my third grader, she learned that um, mm-hmm. uh, this past year, uh, which is like so appropriate in COVID. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that gets to the heart of like what um, what we are as human beings, right? We're constantly learning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, and, you know, success in life is not doing things right the first time or, or trying to do things to perfection. Um, and in fact, we fail all the time, right? We're always yeah. failing. Think about an, think about a one-year-old trying to learn to walk. They don't just get up and start sprinting around, right? They're falling all the time. Uh, well, they my cry. kid did. Well, yes, that's right. <laughs> I swear he didn't. He went from crawling to running. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't. But, you know, every kid's different. Every every kid's different. Your kid is special. Yeah, I was way skinnier back then. <laughs> but it's... Um, um, it's sort of you know this idea that um, you know we're we're going to fail all the time, and that's not what's important. What's important is um, can we pick ourselves back up and can we learn from that mm-hmm. failure? And that's all that heart of um, I can't do it yet. I love that. I just thought that was a great mantra. I think you're putting kindness into the world. I I totally identify with that one too. Um, so let's say somebody's listening to this show. And they question whether or not their kid is, or maybe their child is autistic. I, I know you've already given some advice, but how do you want them to get in touch with you? Do you want them to go to the Ascend site? Um, do you want them to come through Element? Talk to me about what you want to do, want them to do. Yeah. So for a family who might have concerns, um, go to ascendbehavior.com. Um, and we have a whole bunch of information on there and we can certainly help. Um, or I encourage families, just Google the MCHAT, M-C-H-A-T. It's free. It's online. Um, you know, take the, it's about 20 questions. It'll take you five minutes um, and, you know, follow up with a, a pediatrician or follow up with us um, from there. And what, for, what is MCHAT though? I mean, what does that stand for? Oh, sorry. It's the Modified uh, Child and Toddler uh, Assessment. And all it is, okay. it's, a, it's a screening, um, a set of questions that generally every pediatrician asks at 18 months and 24 months to screen for autism. So, okay. that's, um, so that's another tool. Then for ABA providers, for autism service providers who, um, uh, who want to learn more, go to our website at elementrcm.ai and reach out. And I'm on LinkedIn um, all the time. So reach out and whether or not you're looking for billing and revenue cycle management services and a partner, um, or you, you just want to chat. I love, I, I love talking to others in our field and sharing all the places that we've fallen down and what we've learned from that. So that hopefully others don't have to fall down. (laughs) What was the hardest thing you've learned? Should I that? No, I, I tend that, to finish up, finish everything, and then I think one more question. Is there like one event that you went, oh my goodness, where you like pivoted or you changed or anything like that, or has it just been a series of of just trudging along and oh that doesn't work, move on? Yeah, you know, I think um, really importantly, it's not trying to get everything right the absolute first time. Um, and I think about, um, yeah, I, it, it, what, what's, what's most important um, is making sure that you make the next right decision. And, um, and what's an example for that? It, hey, how we set up our career pathing. And there were certain things that we did it at first mm-hmm. that, you know, were not optimized to what our teams were asking for four years ago. And, um, but what's important is like always having, what do they say? We've got two years and one mouth for a reason. We should be listening twice as much as we speak. And that's most important for leaders, right? And yeah. so making sure that um, uh, you're actively listening, engaging with your team, seeking feedback all the time um, so that you can make the next right decision 
and then the next one. That's awesome. I love it. The next right decision. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you educating us on all of this. I know that there's going to be people that are banging down your doors to find out how to become an ABA provider and how to you know, do their business better and how, what they can do to help their child. So someone like you who has the, the whole ball of wax per se is, is fantastic to have in somebody's pocket. So thank you so much for being a part of this and sharing your wisdom. You didn't get where you got by, you know, sleeping. <laughs> so <laughs> I appreciate you giving your wisdom to our listeners. So thanks so much. Thank you, Rebecca. It's been an honor. Okay. Thank you. Thank you so much for being a part of the story behind our success. If you are a successful six-figure entrepreneur or an inspirational speaker who would like to be on this program, please visit neonlizardcreative.com slash podcast slash apply. If we're inspired by this interview, we would be honored if you would share it on social media and even rate it. Your thumbs up rating goes a long way to promote the show. And if you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them. Let them know. Hashtag story behind our success. And don't forget, opt in on the website so you don't miss an episode. We have some fantastic guests on the docket. And if you want to know more, check out neonlizardcreative.com. See you next time. Bye.